The Time Traveler's Guide to Not Getting Caught. Chapter 2. Where was I? Oh, right. So I was in the dumpster, just having fled from the mobsters. Okay, fine. They were teenagers, but in my defense, they were huge roided up teens who surely were on a steady diet of GMO potatoes and HGH. Anyway, that's when I spot the watch. So like any normal human being who finds a watch behind a dumpster, I put it in my pocket and I walk to work. You know, to my recollection, I think what happened was that I blew one of my bike tires. Yeah, that's what happened. It wasn't because my bike got stolen by the teens because there's no way I would ever let something like that happen. So I walk the rest of the way to work, where I'm employed as an office manager at an insurance company. I mean, sure, it isn't the best job in the world, but who are you to judge me, huh? I get paid, don't have to do much work, and I can play Candy Crush when nobody's looking. So anyway, I get to work and I make my way to the break room and I start to make the morning coffee for the office as I examine the watch. And that's when it lights up and tells me to input the date. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. I guess I like my watches to know the date. So I put in the date and then it asks me for the time. And so I'm like, okay, I'll put the time in. And then the nosy little device wants to know my location. And I'm thinking, how much more do I have to input? I just want to set the time and make my coffee, you know? So the watch wants to know my location, but for some reason, it won't let me type in a city. It wants to know the latitude and longitude. Now I'm no dummy, but I have no clue what my latitude and longitude are, or what is a latitude, what is it? So I just put in some random numbers and I press enter, and then the watch displays the time and location that I put in, and it says, confirm, yes or no. I'm like, come on watch, what do you want from me? Are you supposed to be helping me keep track of the time, or are you trying to find out my whole life story? So did I confirm? Yeah. Yeah, I confirmed. And then instantly, I was at a train station in New Delhi, India. Now at the time, I didn't know I was in New Delhi. I mean, I didn't even know what a New Delhi was before I wound up there. One second, I'm trying to get over the emotional scars of getting my bike stolen by a bunch of kids. And the next, I'm at a crowded train station in another country. My first thought was, well, people at work are gonna be pissed there isn't a fresh pot of coffee brewing. And then my second thought was, holy shit, I think I'm in India. I was completely lost. I mean, what do you do when you find yourself magically in India? Well, what I did was I turned to the guy next to me and asked, hey, is this India? And the guy turns to me and he says something in another language, which I'm guessing is Hindi. So I start walking around, kind of mumbling under my breath, saying, English, English, anyone speak any English? And that's when the train arrives and a stampede of people push me in. And let me tell you this, that train smelled. It smelled. I really hope I don't upset the listeners in India because it's a giant market of listeners and I really don't want to alienate anybody. I'm just trying to explain what happened. Anyway. I was trapped between several sweaty men, all with their arms holding the poles, pushing all that armpit smell right into my defenseless nose. I asked again, English? Anyone speak any English? And then a little boy a few yards away shouts, I speak English. So I'm like, holy shit, I got to get to this kid. But the kid is several yards away and I couldn't just like shove my way through. This is a really packed train. So I did the unthinkable. I crouched and crab walked past several crotches to get to the little boy who's watching me the whole time with this little smirk because I look like some crazy guy crab walking through a train in New Delhi. So I get to the kid and I said, Hey kid, where am I? And the kid looks me dead in the eye. He opens his mouth and he shouts, 
I speak English. So now I'm pissed because I just got pranked by some kid, and not only did he get my hopes up that he spoke English when he clearly couldn't, but I also degraded myself by crab walking in a train past a bunch of crotches. So then we reach our next stop and the doors open and there isn't a chance in hell I was going to spend another second on that train. So I shove my way through that crowd. And when I say shove, I mean like both hands out, full extension of the arms, get out of my way. I'm a desperate man who's getting off this train or going to die trying. Now I'm not proud of this. Although to be perfectly honest, I mean, I am a little proud when I think back. But in the process of successfully shoving my way out, I push this burly guy onto the ground. Now, he wasn't hurt or anything, and he really didn't deserve to be pushed. Although, to be fair, there is a chance he was a terrible human being, and I was some sort of karmic retribution for moral crimes he had committed. But anyway, I felt proud being able to shove such a big person to the ground. I mean, I had never really been in a situation before where I had to exert my full strength, so when the burly guy fell, I was like, oh shit! If I get in a tussle with the big guy who, you know, actually deserves to be pushed to the ground, then hey, I'm actually capable of accomplishing that. So anyway, I finally get off that godforsaken train and my first thought is, oh god, that air is fresh. You never truly appreciate the quality of air until you crab walk past dozens of crotches in a packed train. My second thought was, I need to get out of this train station now before I wind up being shoved back on that train. So I hurry out of the station and I find myself in the middle of this vibrant city and you know, I think most other people would have been completely freaking out at this point having suddenly appeared in India. But I actually was able to appreciate the beauty of the city. But that appreciation only lasted a moment before I realized I needed help so I decided to go all out and I start yelling, English! English! And finally, a woman at a food stand says to me, hello, are you lost? I turn and I notice a beautiful woman with glimmering mocha latte skin. I look at her and I smile and I say, as long as I'm with you, I can never be lost. Don't judge me, okay? If you have to know, I had been on a bit of a drought in the female department. Not that long, just a couple months, plus a year. But if you insist on prying into my personal life, you should know that the drought is actually of my choosing. I'm just a picky person and all the people I pick just happen to not pick me. So she smiles and I'm thinking, thank you, God, somebody finally likes me. I mean, I had been in a drought now for over two years, so a smile was a big win. So I look at the food she's selling and I pull out a $5 bill and I say, in my suave, sexy voice, not my desperate train plea for English speakers, I say, give me whatever's best. So she starts piling curry onto a paper bowl and I take a bite and it was actually pretty good. So I'm eating the curry, flirting with this goddess when she asks me how long I've been in New Delhi. And that's when I realize, oh, I guess I'm in New Delhi. And then being the suave, sophisticated man that I am, I tell her I had flown in this morning on first class and was going to be there for a week. She asks me where I'm staying and I say the Hilton because I figured there would certainly be a Hilton in the city and she seemed to believe me. Then I say, since she just got me lunch, she should let me get her dinner. And she says, drum roll, please. She says, yes. And it was an emphatic yes, and that's when my stomach began to grumble, and that's the moment I knew I shouldn't have had that curry. I had a decision to make. Do I run away now in search of a bathroom, or do I try my best to pretend my stomach wasn't about to explode? I made my decision. I told her I had a very important business meeting I had to get to, and so I urged her to pick a restaurant for us to meet at, but she just couldn't decide because there were so many good places. It's at this point of time, I'm dancing back and forth like the ground's made of lava, 
when really it felt like lava was making its way through my intestines. And that's when I shouted, just pick a place. Suffice to say, she seemed less than pleased by my rude eruption. Though I don't doubt she would have been even more displeased had I stood there and allowed the eruption in my pants to take place. So of course she rejects me, which really I was fine with. Because at that moment in time, I cared less about my drought and more about the monsoon brewing in my stomach. So I ran. I ran faster than Forrest Gump in the jungles of Vietnam. My hands on my butt as if they somehow were capable of holding back the Tet Offensive coursing through my colon. And then a miracle happened. There was some construction happening and I spot a porta potty out front. I couldn't believe my good luck. I mean, I couldn't believe my bad luck finding myself in this predicament in the first place, but you should never discount good luck just because it follows bad luck. So there I was, happier than you could imagine that I found a bathroom. I lunged for the door and it was unlocked. I thanked Vishnu and ripped my pants off and sat bareback on that porta potty at a construction site in the middle of New Delhi as my Mount Vesuvius erupted. Now, I'm not saying what happened to me in that porta potty is comparable to what happened in Pompeii. Though I will say that in Pompeii, up until its destruction, everyone was in good spirits. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Now, I don't want to go into too many details about my experience in that porta potty. And I doubt you want me to go into detail either. Unless you're the type of person who likes that sort of thing. But let's just say it was horrific. Just, I mean, I've done a lot of bad things in my travels. Sometimes they were warranted, sometimes they weren't. But what I did in that toilet was awful, especially knowing some poor soul would have to enter it after me. After what felt like an eternity, I left that porta potty and to be honest, felt really incredible. I mean, it's funny how the best feelings always come after the worst ones. So there I was once again walking through the city, but this time I felt like a new man. I had a lot of time to mature while I was destroying that toilet and I gained some clarity. I mean, everything had been so crazy, you know? I mean, first I get my bike stolen by those middle schoolers. Then I'm in a new country, pushing over a burly guy in a train. And then I'm flirting with a hot Indian. It was such a whirlwind experience, and I hadn't had any time to reflect since I had Chernobyled all over that porta potty. But it was only then when I realized the watch I found behind the dumpster was actually some sort of teleporting device. Oh, you think you would have realized it was a time machine, huh? Put yourself in my shoes. I hadn't really time traveled at all. I had just teleported to another country. So my realization that the watch was a teleporting machine is actually, you know, a pretty good guess at the time. So I'm walking through the city thinking, okay, I can teleport, which is a pretty cool feeling. But first, I need to figure out the latitude and longitude of my office so that I can get back in time before I get fired. That's when I spot a Hilton up ahead. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking this is just some sort of product placement for Hilton, but really it isn't. They haven't given me any money whatsoever at mentioning their hotel at all. It just happened to be that place. So I rush over to the hotel and enter the beautiful lobby that had air conditioning blasting. And it was really quite lovely, but this wasn't the time to enjoy the lovely AC. This was the time to find out the latitude and longitude of my office. So I go over to the front desk to find out the Wi-Fi password. And as I get to the front desk, I notice the woman had the daintiest, most beautiful hands I had ever seen. And then she asked me if I'd like to check in and for some reason I say yes, I have a reservation. So she goes through her computer searching for my reservation and of course she can't find it because I don't have a reservation. And then she apologizes to me and I act all indignant because I want to impress her. And I figured she'd be impressed by an indignant American businessman. So she apologizes but says they have several available rooms and I say, well now I don't know if I want to stay here. But while I figure it out, can I get the Wi-Fi password? 
and your number. She gave me the Wi-Fi password and nothing more. So I rush over to the chair in the lobby, ready to find out the latitude and longitude to return home with my new teleportation device when I get a couple of email alerts. So I go through my email and of course, I need to check my Instagram first, where I watch a few reels, and then of course I need to check Reddit out because I hadn't been on for a few hours and I didn't want to fall behind. And then I came across a quiz that would tell me what Hogwarts house I was in, so of course I had to take that. But then I finished the test and it says I'm a Hufflepuff, and I just, I just couldn't leave it at that. So I take the test a couple more times until they make me a Gryffindor, and then I finally look up the latitude and longitude of my office. So I go back to my watch, and again, it asked me for the date and time, so I put that in. Then it asked me for the location, I put in my newly discovered latitude and longitude. The watch asked me to confirm, so what did I do? Well, I walk back to the front desk lady who rejected me, and I say, I'm a very successful businessman who invented a teleporter. You just missed out. And I click yes on my watch, and then suddenly, I'm no longer in New Delhi, I'm in downtown of my city. My first thought was, ew, I'm downtown. My second thought was, should I go back to that Hilton in New Delhi and see if the front desk lady changed her mind after seeing me magically disappear? I decided not to go back. I was better than some Hilton lady who rejected me, but she did have those beautiful dainty hands. No, I'm better than that. So I order an Uber and I head back to work, and when I get there, I realize that nobody even knew I was gone for the last few hours, which, I mean... Nobody there cared enough about me to know that I suddenly disappeared? Anyway, I spent the rest of my day sitting at my desk looking up all the places I wanted to visit. Did I want to go somewhere exotic like Bora Bora? Or somewhere with historical significance like Jerusalem? That's nice. Were there more beautiful women in Bora Bora or Jerusalem? Maybe for my lunch break I could go to Rome and get some authentic Italian food or I could go to Norway and meet a beautiful woman. The options were endless. So then the workday ends and I walk the two miles back home where I live alone in the guest house in some random person's backyard that I found on Craigslist a little over a year ago. And then I download an app called Tude that tells you the exact latitude and longitude of any place on earth. And I start writing them down in a little notebook while I eat some frozen taquitos from Ralph's while I watch iCarly in the background. And then something weird happens. I get a text from a random number, but it wasn't one of those random texts telling you to send your social security number or that the police in some random city in New England has a warrant out for your arrest. It was one of those texts where someone just put in the wrong number. The text said, it was great meeting you. I'll be at the Fallows tonight. Hope to see you there, smiley face. My first thought was, is this a dude or a lady? My second thought was, should I text back? But then perhaps the most unusual thing of the day happened. Something more unusual than getting beat up by a group of preteens and thrown into a dumpster. More unusual than randomly appearing in India. More unusual than my explosive diarrhea. As I was considering texting back and having fun with this random person, my phone starts texting back on its own, as if it were magically texting, and the text said, totally there. But that wasn't the weirdest part. The weirdest part was the next thing my phone magically texted. It sent, P.S. Don't tell anyone about my teleportation device, winky face. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe and rate the podcast to help me get more of the positive attention I so sorely need. Follow the show on Instagram at Time Traveler's Guide Podcast and me at Anonymous Time Traveler 69. New episodes out Thursday nights at 8.